I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to Voices from the Battlefield, part of Waterloo Remembered. The next extract is read by Napoleonic historian Andrew Bamford and consists of a series of extracts relating to the British 12th Light Cavalry. I visited Waterloo more often than any other battlefield uh, that I've uh, that I've been to, but uh, as a historian I've looked at it primarily uh, through the lens of a particular regiment of cavalry, the 12th Light Dragoons, of whom I uh, I wrote a regimental history. Uh, and uh, the two short extracts that I'm going to read today are by two officers from that regiment, uh, John Vandeleur and uh, and William Hay. Um, they're two officers whose experiences were, were very similar through the course of the whole Napoleonic Wars, but the difference is that with Vandeleur we have letters that were written at the time, whereas with Hay we have a memoir written uh, some years after the fact. Uh, so two very different uh, interpretations. I'll start with Vandeleur. Uh, the name, of course, will be familiar to many people. He was the uh, a distant cousin of the uh, the general who commanded the brigade in which the uh, the twelfth took part. Uh, and the letter that he wrote two days after the battle uh, to his mother. And he begins: I write merely to inform you that we are all three safe after one of the hottest actions that was ever fought. We have been fighting for three successive days, but the last was without doubt the warmest day the British troops ever saw. The cavalry have suffered very severely. The general was slightly grazed on the wrist by a spent ball, which fortunately has not even bruised him. My poor little mare was shot through the heart. She fell on my thigh, but has not hurt me. I was so pressed at the time that I was obliged to abandon my saddle, bridle, collar, valise and cloak. The last is a great loss, as I had my dressing things and a change of everything. The loss of my cloak also is a very serious misfortune, as the nights are often very cold. The result of the day is that we have completely beaten the French who attacked us, commanded by Bonaparte in person, taking upwards of a hundred pieces of cannon and a great number of prisoners. The loss of the British must be at least 10,000 men, the French considerably more so. 
The 12th have lost 130 men out of 380, the 16th 62 and the 11th 54. Our brigade made some desperate charges. Colonel Punsonby is most desperately wounded, piped through the body and his arm broken by a sabre cut. We were obliged to leave him on the ground until after the battle, which finished about 11 o'clock. Immediately it was over, I asked leave to go look for his body among the dead. Everybody said I would never find it, but I was determined to find him, and I did. But he was nearly dead. I took a canteen of water with me, which revived him a little. I got him onto a horse and got him in at six o'clock. I was all night looking for his body. I am very much fatigued, being continually on horseback, day and night, for these last three days. I am sure that we had not slept more than seven or eight hours the whole three days. I am afraid Captain Sands is killed. Bertie and Lockhart are dead, Dowbig and wounded. Our regiment behaved most nobly. We are now only two weak squadrons. Bonaparte has retired, leaving everything behind him, across the Sambre, where he is likely to remain. I have no time at present to give you a detailed account, and I am so fatigued that I can hardly see my paper. The battle was fought near Waterloo. We have advanced to Nivelle this morning. Probably we shall go on a few leagues tomorrow, where I think we shall halt, when I shall write again. I remain, my dear mother, your affectionate son, John Vandeleur. So from that you get the human element of the tragedy of all the casualties. Hay certainly talks about that as well, but the, the passage I'd like to read by way of contrast with uh, with Vandeleur's letter uh, relates to something which perhaps gets overlooked a little bit more, uh, which is the sheer scale of the animal casualties. Uh, and he, he begins by talking about the uh, uh, the grief over the, uh, the wounding of his horse, which was a gift from his father. Uh, and then he goes on to say, Accompanying the horses on their journey were two setters, one a particularly fine dog, which has so attached himself from circumstances of long acquaintance to the horse as a travelling companion that he was almost a nuisance in the hunting field. He would by scent trace him for miles and come up, perhaps in the middle of a run, and kiss his nose and mouth. In fact, he was miserable out of his sight. On this occasion, as I was much attached to the dog myself, I gave my servant very strict orders to secure him well with the baggage. But just as we had taken our place in the ranks before the action began, what was my dismay to find among the thousands assembled on the plains of Waterloo, poor Dash had discovered his master and favourite companion, his charger. Up he came in delight, jumping at the horse's head and my knee by turns, having satisfied himself at finding us out he was in raptures. With the shooting going on, I dare say he fancied himself transported to a field day on the Lammermoor Hills, where he and I had on other occasions amused ourselves with a different description of sport. After our first charge between the French squares and our infantry, in which perilous situation he attended me, I lost sight of him, and was informed afterwards by one of the dragoons that he saw him killed by a shot. He was a great favourite of all the men as well as my brother officers, and was much regretted. It was curious that another dog that had attended the troop to which I was attached, and had followed the 12th from the regiment's landing in Lisbon in 1811, and was present in all the actions and during the several campaigns in the peninsula, was also shot at Waterloo. That was the historian Andrew Bamford reading a series of extracts from the 12th Light Cavalry, and Andrew's collected works are available to order online now. Stay tuned to the Napoleon Assist 
where more instalments of the Voices from the Battlefield series will be released throughout the day.